Hello, this is Jen Sanders, and thanks so much for listening and joining me in this podcast on mission and engagement. This is our third podcast on mission engagement and a larger part of a series on the practices of the Christian life. We've likened these practices to a trellis that a gardener puts out in their garden area and watches expectantly um, and hopes for life, a vine that will bear fruit to grow on it. And that's what we do as we move intentionally towards exploring practices like worship and scripture and most recently mission and engagement. And today we're going to eavesdrop on one of Jesus's interactions with a gentleman named Levi, who I really want to be a lot like Levi. I feel like we would be good friends. And I don't know. I don't know if he would, if I would fit into the cool tax collector um, vibe with him. But I find a lot of solace in this story. So listen up as we dive in. We are in the middle of a season where Jesus has been doing a lot of miracles, a lot of healing, and he's just healed a paralytic. He's demonstrated crazy power. And theologian Matthew Henry says that what he does next, what we read about next, is no less a miracle and requires no less divine power and authority. Jesus goes and invites Levi, the tax collector, to come and follow him. So after this, which was healing the paralytic, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Now, let's remember that in this time, tax collectors were considered the worst of the worst. They were men of very low reputation. And Jesus goes right up to him and says, follow me. And Levi, holy smokes, got up, left everything, and followed him. And you're not going to believe what he does next. If you haven't read this story yet in the scriptures, or if it's been a long time, I just, I was blown away. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large, guess who, crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. Jesus drew near to Levi and he cherished Levi. He obviously loved him in a way that Levi felt comfortable not only wanting to spend more time with him, but also inviting others to be cherished and loved and near Jesus. And I love that he wanted his fellow people. No doubt they all felt this level of being an outcast in that culture at at the time. And here was this leader right? This important person drawing near to them. Now, guess who was not so excited about this? 
The Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, clearly the Pharisees and teachers of the law at that time needed to hear this message. And we need to hear this message no less today. A good friend of mine recently shared of her hurt that she's experienced and seen in the church, not necessarily our church, but the church at large, and almost considers herself someone who would discourage another from from moving towards the church because she feels like it's unsafe, that it hasn't had a history of creating a place of security and safety for the worst of the worst. And so this is a beautiful call that we're receiving alongside Levi to really help us understand God's mission and engagement in our world and our part in that. Another gentleman out in Los Angeles reminds me of this Levi guy, Father Greg Boyles, who has a ministry to gang members, says that what he's learned is that these folks um, that have been out on the street have experienced so much trauma that they need to be invited into a culture of security and safety and love. If what we understand about life, that trauma begets trauma and more brokenness, that being cherished then produces love and transformation. Father Greg has said he's seen this transformation come again and again, and yet the transformation itself, or even the number of gang members, isn't what he focuses on. He says that people ask him all the time, how do you go about changing gang members? He says, well, the first thing is that I don't go out to change them. I go out to be near them so they can change me. He says that most people in ministry, and maybe even us as we are listening to this podcast on mission and engagement and learning about it together, struggle with burnout because it becomes more about maybe results um, and maybe more about us. So how do we move towards mission and engagement like Levi and Father Boyles? It certainly seems to have something to do with understanding that maybe we're the worst of the worst, right? That we are the tax collector. Now, man, I have struggled with mission and engagement 
and trying to understand how to be a part of that in our world. I want to share a story with you about how the Lord has helped me understand more about his mission and engagement and my part in that in the world. But it comes to a really hard story. So prepare your hearts or skip ahead. So this story is about Roberto. He is a young man who befriended my son last spring or winter. They wrestled, not wrestled, excuse me. They worked out together in the gym after school and he needed rides home. And we got to know Roberto. His mom was Guatemalan and his dad was from Mexico. He, his dad had been arrested and deported back to Mexico. His mom only spoke Spanish and um, Roberto was a delightful young man who loved to take apart bikes and put them back together and he loved to work on cars and could do some crazy amazing stuff with vehicles. And Roberto had been involved in a gang and already been arrested in his young life. His mom on retrieving him from from jail had broken down, was in tears, and led Roberto to um, want to actually change course in his life. They moved into our neighborhood in part in hopes to distance themselves from more of this of the gang life. Um, Roberto wanted to move um, towards wholeness in his life. He um, wanted to be a part of this garden project that folks were doing at the school and in the city. And he even said that he was going to tell his friends, his former gang members, to not mess with the garden. He was a chef, especially of awesome Guatemalan recipes, and he came over and ate and played games with us. We dreamed of what good food and tasty recipes could be served at Reynolds School from the garden, and we made plans to learn recipes together. My heart was full with the hope of this young man's life being changed, that maybe he could know Jesus deeply and that his life could look different going forward. A few short weeks um, later, some friends would give Roberto a terrible, terrible dare involving a gun and a bullet, Russian roulette. His life would end suddenly one seemingly random Monday night. Luke and I found ourselves in his mom Sarah's living room filled with others, wailing, tears flowing, hearts aching. We were devastated over the loss of his life. And I realized in part, though much later, that my hopes for redemption and restoration in our world rested actually rested on Roberto. 
his knowing the Lord, this garden farm to table project to bring wholeness was supposed to change our world. It was supposed to look different, make it better. And Roberto died really tragically. And so I found myself slowly withdrawing from the garden project and wondering um, and questioning the role of hope in our world. Um, And it wasn't until I recently was listening to Father Greg Boyles that I realized it was I who still needed to be changed. I needed to grieve Roberto's life and know that the Lord grieved his pain and life alongside Luke and I. But I needed to change and that I had made this garden project and these kids knowing Jesus and there being less violence the ultimate goal. And all of these are beautiful and good and part of God's mission, but not my focus. Father Greg in Los Angeles buried his first kid, someone who died in a gang altercation in 1987. And he recently buried his 250th kid. He sees his work both in the very, very present and doesn't feel that any interaction, however brief, is wasted. He also sees his work in light of eternity. Okay, I have to be honest that I hear stories like Father Greg Boyle's and I'm amazed, right? And I'm immediately also convicted. Um, and also rage and wail um, to the Lord and cry out for him to come and wonder why he hasn't. So as we... <laughs> yell and cry and ask Jesus to come back to restore all things. We also learn from Levi and Father Boyles and move forward intentionally to create spaces where the worst of the worst, and that includes us, can be cherished and loved and known by Jesus. Okay, practically, where do we go from here intentionally? Maybe first we can, we can start with some level of grasping that we are the tax collector and either asking the Lord to show us that, which is a scary thing to ask. <laughs> um, but most of us, I think, know that we're the tax collector. But, but maybe don't like to come to terms with that. And so 
I think our first step, right, could be to come to terms that we are the tax collector, the worst of the worst. The second thing that we can come to terms with, we get to come to terms with, is that Jesus draws near to the worst of the worst. He came for the sick. So if we are sick, we are who he came for. So that is such good news. All right. Our next step, it seems if we're following in Levi's footsteps at least, is to throw a banquet. <laughs> um, so maybe just dreaming of creating a place um, where the the folks who who may be fellow tax collectors, the worst of the worst, um, can be cherished alongside you. The point again would not be to go out to to change them, um, to fix them, but rather to draw near to them, as it would seem Jesus wants the Pharisees to draw near, and and he teaches them through these worst of the worst, right? And so maybe our next step is is drawing near and knowing that we are a big part of drawing near is that we will be changed um, in that process. And, And then I think we can continue to collaborate together as a church um, for what it looks like to create environments and places of safety that the worst of the worst would know the church is where they belong and and to pray towards that end together. <laughs>